Hey everybody, my guest this week is a gentleman named Adam Hart, and he tells a story about where he was 20 years ago or 25 and sort of lost and overeating and on many medications, pre-diabetic, even in his 20s. And one day he woke up and he said, this isn't good enough, I'm not going to take another medication. So his story is from there to the present moment where he is in love with food, in touch with his emotions, his anxiety is gone, ADHD, he's on no medications, he never had surgery. Pretty amazing story and it just comes down to a certain kind of breath work that he teaches that's super simple, you can do it anywhere at any time. I know it sounds like a big promise, but it's true. Really interesting story, I hope you'll listen in and um, do share it, thanks. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor. Maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. My guest today is Adam Hart. And Adam, welcome, Adam, is going to be talking to us about how he turned his life around from pre-diabetic, allergies, asthma, as a very young person, mid-20s, if I remember correctly, into being this guy with vibrant health and working with and teaching others. And a lot of that has to do with managing our emotions and stress. So Adam, welcome. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate you having me on the, uh, on the show. Yeah. So tell the listeners where you were and what led you to this place in your life now where you have such abundant energy and good health. Yeah, well, I, and I just turned 50 myself uh, two months ago. And knowing what I know now, I feel very fortunate to have the mental, physical capacity that I do. But it took something to figure it out. In my 20s, I was living the traditional ways that were taught in terms of how we should have our, our education. And then you get your house and then you have your kids and you live happily ever after. And in that process, I began to crumble. and. I would say by the time I was 24, I was overweight, suffering with depression and anxiety. I had gotten the degree and the diploma and everything I was told was the way to be a happy citizen. And eventually I had occupational burnout. Once I entered the workforce, my stress levels were just so heavy. My brain was so locked into patterns of thinking about my self-worth, my self-esteem. Um, I was highly addicted to sugar as my number one escape mechanism. And eventually it did lead to the mental breakdown and the physical breakdown. And my kind of my rock bottom moment was being given another prescription medication for high cholesterol, which to me, just again, further questioning what is happening. I'm 26 years old now. I'm pre-diabetic. I'm on all these different medications you know, everyone keeps saying more diets, more fitness programs. That's the only way out and more Medicaid. And I was just like, well, there's got to be another way around this. And I got lucky that I found it. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it? What is the it? 
Well, it was finding a way into understanding how to regulate my own response to stress. So essentially nervous system regulation. When I discovered it, I didn't know what I was discovering, but I recognized there was something significant about how I was starting to feel. And so for me, it took something very significant. I think a lot of us are told to meditate as a way to feel more peace and calm. And I appreciate meditation. But what I was looking for back when I was unhealthy was a way to manage my in the moments of life reactivity. I just became so down and out and so many things were coming at me in a way where I just got so triggered by them and emotionally got frustrated a lot, got angry a lot. And so I needed something in those moments that could create a shift, not just in the morning when I would do the so-called 20 minutes of meditation, which never really worked for me because my mind wouldn't let me mm. enjoy that. You didn't calm down. I, I, yeah, I just didn't. I, yeah. And I was diagnosed ADHD as a teen and put on Ritalin. But again, nobody ever talked about nervous system regulation, no therapist, no counselor. And I'm not knocking that, but nobody ever once told me that I could work with my own stress response in the moments of life that I was going through a thought that was quite reactive. I, I found rock climbing. Mm. And when I found rock climbing, I was in Toronto, where, I, where I'm originally from, Toronto, Canada, and again, didn't want to buy another gym membership because every time I bought one, I felt so <laughs> guilty and frustrated and every diet I ever went on again, same idea. And when I discovered climbing, you know, this was just a happen chance with a friend. We were downtown and wandering around. We, we stumbled upon this indoor rock climbing gym and it was like, well, I'm really not feeling great. Maybe this is something we can explore and went in there and you know, the very first time I ever got on the on the wall, and I had a panic attack and I had to yell, yell at my buddy to let me down. I had a real fear response, but there was something about it that I got interested in going again. And then I went again and again and again. Next thing I knew, I was going three, four times a week. And... I knew something was happening. I didn't know quite what it was in terms of what was it that was going on with my own biology, but I knew there was something about it that was giving me some peace, peace of mind. And knowing that was the only way I could get it, I went all in on climbing. And, you know, eventually, you know, weeks and months later, um, I found myself feeling a little bit happier in my mind and a little bit bitter in my body. And I said, okay, well, where is this going to lead next? Because I, I'm not going back to the corporate workforce knowing how that was going to crush me again. And I met a gentleman at the climbing gym who took me on a journey out to British Columbia and the West coast of Canada. And that was it. Once I, I, I said, okay, yeah, I'm interested in exploring somewhere else to live and, and, change my environment um, to really go in on the climbing. And when I did that, I recognized, wow, there is a whole other way for me to experience my life that this is leading me into that gave me, and this is 20 years ago, but you know, the last 20 years of my life have been the most magical and most beautiful life experience possible. So how can we translate that into a takeaway for the listeners? You found rock climbing. What was it? Were yeah. you... Like I am going on a search or you just were kind of despondent and one day this thing showed up. 
Yeah. But once I found the access to my own mindset, understanding that we have on average 70,000 thoughts a day. Most well, of I which mean, are negative. And a lot comes from our childhood life experience. And when we have stress, I think a lot of us, and I didn't know it at the time, but the way that the brain functions, it's such a beautiful organ, but yet it is a survival organ. Mm-hmm. And so it will lock into your stress patterns because it wants the number one source of energy for the brain, which is it wants the adrenaline and adrenaline being the surge of energy comes from our fight or flight stress response. The brain knows that if it can loop pattern thinking about your past and pattern thinking about needing to fix a problem in terms of your future, then it's going to feed off of your hormonal imbalance. And I didn't know this at the time that I could actually train my brain to not do that. Climbing taught me that. So climbing is an experience where it's not an adrenaline experience. It's not a, you know, jump out of an airplane kind of experience. This is a long drawn out process where you're actually in tune with your own nervous system in a way that most things in life will never give you access to. Meditation is a beautiful thing, but it's not training you to spend hours and hours and hours immersed in your own response to the stress of life as it's unfolding. Climbing is a sport that gives you access to playing with your nervous system in this way that I recognized once I made the move out West and started to really climb at a higher level that I could reset my mind and my body in those moments to perform at a level that I never knew I could perform. But what it did teach me was, okay, so I have this anxious stress response that I know I'm living in most of my life. When I'm climbing, I know how to reset that. It's through a very particular breath practice. It's like, okay, well, there's something about this breath practice that's allowing me to reset my anxiety. Well, what is this? And as I dove into it, and did the research behind it. And this is obviously the neuroscience part of this. It's based off of heart rate variability, HRV. So like Heart Math Institute, which is one of the more popular areas that teaches us, that's exactly what we're starting to tune into. How can we utilize the beats of our own heart to shift how our nervous system functions in relation to how our brain operates? And as I learned that that's what I was doing, I realized, whoa, so wait a minute. So when I'm going to the cupboard to grab the bag of cookies which is my go-to, I can actually reset that. I don't have to give the cookies up. I can actually create a pause in the moment, work with the variability of my own heartbeat through heart rate variability and change my brain's interpretation of this moment in a way where I have more freedom. And I, so I, so I began to use this, this method of starting to pay attention. And this is this idea we mentioned before we started recording that I I started to follow this kind of particular six steps and I call it the unleash your energy roadmap. And the six steps, essentially the first step is I started to pay attention to where was I feeling anxious in my life? Where was my brain locking me into patterns of overthinking or trying to get me to be reactive? Okay. Now that I have a few of those that I really am aware of one being my addiction to sugar, in those moments that I'm feeling the craving or that I'm already grabbing for it, as often would happen, I now can do step two, which is in that moment, I'm going to calm my mind and I'm going to do it by doing a very particular breath practice. I call it heart flow. And it's a 33 second heart rate variability breath practice that resets your nervous system in the moment of life. 
what that does is it gives you then this ability to do step three, which is shift the energy of your nervous system to have it more aligned with what you do want. And this is a tricky one because for most of us, we're not really in tune with that part of this. <laughs> we don't know what we do want. We're very good at knowing what we don't want. But when it comes to knowing what we do want, we don't tend to have a very close emotional connection. And so I found that once I began this process, I started to have more presence to begin to explore into the energy of how I wanted to feel. And what do I want my life to be like in this moment? And that began to shift my cravings in a really amazing way. Not that I had to give up the cookies and I still love cookies, but all of a sudden I found myself at the farmer's market standing in front of the baked good section, which always has the biggest lineups at every farmer's yeah. market. <laughs> right. And I wasn't craving anything. I was like, wow, I, I I, I kind of feel like I'm supposed to be in this line now, but I don't actually want anything. So after that, I was like, "This, there's something we're missing here in, in the way we're approaching our health that I think it's really important that we know that we do not have to be a slave to, and I'm, I'm mindful that's a strong word, but we tend to be very much slaves to a system that's very broken. Here, here, broken on both sides of our borders. Um, similarly, yeah. I think. So how I want to bring this back to the audience is, is I think at a certain point in life, you've just turned 50, I'm in my 60s. For women, especially when they don't have the identity of mom, whatever their job was, if they worked, um, and I'm sure this happens for men too, it's just speaking from a woman's perspective. I think we give up the idea that much is going to change about us because we have to work on getting a new identity. Well, part of my identity may be that I don't like to exercise. I always eat the cookies. I have the margarita, you know, whatever it is. And yet what I'm hearing you say is that this is really diet and exercise agnostic. And it is certainly not limited to any age group, this idea of calming our nervous system, especially for people who have a little bit more time. Some people listening are empty nesters now. They're just finding their way in that. Or they really, they're busy as can be because they're still, you know, maybe they're on boards, maybe they're volunteering a lot, maybe they're seeing their grandkids. But I want to entice people to find a desire to use something like this if they're feeling that life is overwhelming and that they're stressed and feeling a little out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything that happens in our lives, whether we want to believe this or not, is being filtered through our nervous system. Everything, every moment. And it's the brain that predominantly is running how that starts to unfold for us. We just don't know or realize or have been given the how-tos on how to actually work with our mind in the most powerful way possible. Right from childhood, a lot of us have been locked into patterns of reactivity to our lives. And now we're in our 50s, 60s, 70s, and we're still living a lot of those patterns. Mm -hmm. And it's it's important that we know that when the brain does that, when it locks us into whether it's just being overly busy or overly giving ourselves to everybody else, but not really giving ourselves the love that we need, that's coming from the brain, optimizing our fight or flight stress response. And the number one thing that that causes is inflammation. And inflammation all immediately starts to lead to hormonal imbalance. And at any age, that's a problem. 
Mm -hmm. And it will lead to symptoms. And the main symptoms are brain fog and fatigue of the mind and physical fatigue. And, you know, there's a way to start to tune into our own natural biology at any age to feel a natural flow of our own energy, physical Mm -hmm. and mental. Mm -hmm. We just have to know that this is available and that there are really amazing practices to implement that don't have to overhaul our lives don't have to take up a whole lot of time. They will challenge you because the mind doesn't like it when you start to balance your hormones effectively. It gets quite upset. But the ways that you you can feel at any age when you start to tune into your own biology in this way, it's pretty significant. And uh, I would imagine there's a large part of your audience that, you know, not to not to knock the medical industry, but you know, we're over-prescribed in so many different areas. When if we just learn how to naturally tune our biology in and be in alignment with with the natural cycle of life, nature, and our, our own circadian rhythm, our 24-hour light cycle, it's amazing how your body can perform. Uh, knowing your platform and your message, we're on the same page. We are indeed on the same page. And because I was a chef and I'm still a big foodie, um, I want to talk mm-hmm. about your book, the power of food. Tell the audience. So we talked about, you know, nervous system and not reacting and this and that, but that also led you because you had a pre-diabetic condition, I'm guessing to begin with into a healthier way of eating. Tell us a little bit about how that evolved. Well, you know, and this is so beautiful. Once I got my nervous system into a healthy place, which ultimately leads your mind to be in a healthier place because they have to go hand in hand. That was the foundation. And this is what I teach all my clients. There has to be this foundation in place before you can look at your diet, before you can look at your sleep, before you look at your fitness, before you look at your relationships. We first have to get your nervous system and your mind in a cohesive, loving relationship. Then you can start to look at those other areas in a way where they're not going to produce the same amount of stress. Hmm. So that's happened with me, you know, in terms of my sugar addiction. Once I understood that I can work with my own mind around playing with my diet, it became a seamless integration of, okay, this is the first energy. I call them the energy accelerators. So there are six dominant ones and sleep is one, nutrition, fitness, your movements. So that's part of the fitness, your breath your relationships around you and your environment. And nutrition became such a big one for me because I recognized the more I worked with my own stress response, the more I was attracting food in a way where it had a similar vibration emotionally to when I was resetting my nervous system. So anytime I would reset my anxiety and bring myself to a place of peace and calm, I was attracting being in my kitchen playing with food, almost like an artist would with a canvas and painting. Hmm. It, it had this beautiful feeling to it that I was, I was, I, I knew what I was doing. I could tell there was an emotional manifestation of food now showing up in a way where I was getting so excited about this, having no connection to food growing up at all, mostly fast food and a lot of processed food. And now all of a sudden here I am, finding my way into the kitchen, playing with all these different plants, you know, not knowing that plants were as nutritious and healthy. And and all of a sudden I was surrounded by people who were very high end athletes and they had all these glass jars filled with nuts and seeds and (laughs) grains and legumes. And, 
I kept looking at them going, man, you guys remind me of my grandma. And, <laughs> but I started to eat those foods and recognize there's something about what I'm attracting around this that's making me feel even stronger mentally and physically. And so that dove me into the world of nutrition in a way where, you know, it just became such a passion that led to the growth of my coaching practice around nutrition was when it, it started through nutrition, started doing corporate wellness training around nutrition and eating for more energy, and then led to the creation of the book, The Power of Food, which is a North American release. So available at every bookstore in North America, obviously off Amazon, and did quite well. That's kind of like a step one introduction into how can I start to add more nutritious food in without having to go through any elimination process, which I also know that you're a fan of that idea. Yeah, I'm the no deprivation camp. And when people, yeah. when you start, when you ask people to take things out immediately, they feel deprived of that thing where you wouldn't ask them to take it out. If it's a problem food for a person, chocolate or I don't know, a bologna, who knows yeah. what. And you say, no, you yeah. can't have that anymore. What's the little reptilian brain is going to scream, danger, danger. They're taking things away from you. This can't be good. That's it. So I'm with you. Let's add more things in that are full of nutrition and vitality. And when you talk about plants, I think what we forget in this day and age is that a live food, because a lot of us don't deal much with live foods, a live food has life in it. We pull it out of the ground. It can no longer grow. But it is still the nutrition from the sun and the whatever nutrition is left in the soil. There's some of that too. And yeah. so it gives us a different kind of vitality and nutrition and energy than, say, a piece of salmon or some beautiful organic yogurt. All good foods, but plants have a different element to the energetic puzzle, add an element to the energetic yeah. puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as I was introducing on the nutrition front, at the same time, I'm continuing to be very mindful of my own stress regulation and in the ability to feel more peaceful in life, I'm absorbing my nutrients at a completely different way. When you start to manage the way your mind functions with your nervous system, one of the beautiful um, results, not only do you get the cognitive energy back because your your frontal lobe is now your executive function is now back on but as you decrease the inflammation your hormones begin to balance you're also cleaning up your digestion and as your digestion eases and there's not so much tension on the small intestine based off of just a stress response you know it's like every muscle once you have the tension it's just constantly squeezed now you're having more ease and flow with your digestion. It's amazing how your body absorbs things differently. And I started to notice that as I ate certain foods, intuitively, I could feel them very specifically to how I could then go and use that food in the, in, in my life. And it was almost like this, all of a sudden, this, this beautiful communication with what I ate in a way where I was so in tune with presence through my nervous system that I had more awareness around the foods I was consuming in a way that I, I, I could attract the ones that were helping me perform the way I wanted to perform. I know how rare that is and I, I understand it. And, and it's, you know, with the way that life is often bombarding us, um, it's a very hard thing to be in tune with. And as we know, 
diets and digestion is like fingerprints. We're all completely different. We're all Mm -hmm. in different states at different moments. And so there's never going to be one diet that's right for everybody. It's, it's got to be this constant exploration into creating peace in your life, calm in your life through your nervous system, and then getting a chance to play with nutrition from there. And it's a whole different way to experience food. Yeah. And the idea of attracting the certain foods is very, is interesting to me because I am a big believer in attraction manifestation, where we put our energies, you know, what comes back, et cetera. And also the fact that you were in the kitchen playing with food. I think that that creates a whole different relationship preparing food and not just preparing something that goes in the microwave, opening the box. I am not criticizing anybody who uses convenience foods. Sometimes you just have to eat, right? But if we can carve out enough time to create something from scratch or to make a simple meal with our hands, and I do a lot of gardening, and I've constantly got Mm -hmm. my hands in the soil. Not everybody can have that experience. I understand this. But if you can buy the fresh food at your farmer's market or the grocery store and spend a little time with it before you put it on the plate and in your mouth, it really will teach you something you'll create a relationship with food in a different way and how much do you chew your food adam i have a beef about how little people chew their food these days (laughs) yeah you want to what is it like 25 chews before you Uh, swallow something like that maybe not that many but i will say i mean in terms of the the idea of law of attraction manifestation um one of the beautiful also um, results that comes from working with your nervous system is the ability to play with your own emotional frequency Mm. which comes from your nervous system. And so as, as I learned that I could manage my emotions based off of what my mind was creating in terms of the thoughts and the way that I was able to reset those thoughts. So Adam, go get some sugar. You really want sugar. Go, 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 go. Oof, that makes me feel emotionally stressed and anxious and frustrated. But yet I didn't have an understanding of how to reset that back when I was pre-diabetic and so most of my life was being manifested from that emotional frequency. Mm. My finances, my relationships, my career, my health all had a very similar emotional connection. A little bit of frustration or a lot of frustration, uncertainty, problem solving. And then when I learned that I can reset, this is again in that six step process. Number three being, I then realized, okay, now that I'm noticing Okay, I don't want to grab the cookies, so I'm going to pause. I'm going to do my my heart flow, and I'm going to reset this energy back to my parasympathetic. Now I can play with my own emotional frequency, and I can start to really connect with what I do want in this moment. How do I want to feel? And in in that was the manifestation of nutrition, and all of a sudden I realized, yeah, you're absolutely right. I found myself going to the grocery store, and I'd spend a half hour, maybe 45 minutes buying the ingredients. Then I'd go back to my house and I'd prepare everything. Then I'd get to eat it. Then afterwards I would share it or and or start to do the cleaning process. And I started to realize, wow, this whole time I'm immersed in this emotional frequency of joy, of pure joy, of pure abundance that I realized that, you know, when I'm resetting my nervous system, when I'm anxious, it's the most powerful act of self-love possible. And in that, as long as I continue to be guided by that emotional frequency, I was manifesting more ways to spend more time in that energy. And I realized really quick that nutrition was just one of those beautiful ones that allows us to extend our time in this kind of an energy. As long as we're continually mindful of when does the mind try and disrupt this to get some adrenaline 
or to get mm-hmm. some dopamine from a lot of the the sugar and, and, and social media and the other things that we use to escape. And it's a beautiful place to experience life from in terms of, you know, working with our own biology in this way. And it has a, it has an intuitiveness and uh, nature's laws abundance and just learning to tune into that. It takes something because like we, we know society and the systems and the structure of modern society don't teach us this and don't put this out there as, as a possibility. And it's a lot of just keep consuming, keep consuming. But yet we know that there's a lack of fulfillment and a lot of loneliness out there at any age that doesn't have to be that way. And one of the ways to combat the loneliness and the disconnection is to listen to our, to what's going on inside of us, which is tying back to what you're talking about uh, this pause and resetting if we listen not just to ourselves, but to what's going on around us, we can choose to engage or disengage. And when we're disconnected from community or we're feeling lonely, all we hear is what's in our own head. So we have to find a way. And whether we start by engaging with food, a beautiful basket of berries or an asparagus or again, a piece of salmon, but mindfulness of this connection, we can choose yeah. to have it and then we have it. And that's abundance in a little small scale. Maybe, maybe it's a chocolate, yeah. you know, but again, yeah. listening is what you're almost what you're taking that pause. Like, how do I want to feel? You have to listen for the answer. It's not like bam, bam, yeah. bam. I think this is what I should do. Yeah. There's a lot of shoulds in the world. And this sounds like we're shaking the shoulds out and asking, how does this human body soul want to feel in this moment? That's it. That's it. And we, we, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, I I was numb for so long, just from my childhood experience of then going into a survival mechanism around it where I, you know, stuffed emotions. And, you know, I think a lot of us, depending on what our childhood experience is like, we, we, we really disconnected from feeling altogether as a way to protect ourselves. And so as you get older, as you get into your fifties and sixties, I think that one of the ways that a lot of my clients, you know, obviously I, I really work hard on getting the breath practice into our lives, but then what other way can connect us to feeling the peace that we really want to own more often. And the number one is nature. You know, as soon as you get out and you put your hand, you put your hands in dirt, you know, I do a lot of grounding, barefoot walking, a lot of hands on trees with my forehead on trees, which I find what's an immediate reset of your nervous system when you do that. My husband thinks I'm crazy. I have trees that it's like, that's my spruce. That's my ash. That's my, he's like, what do you mean they're yours? They're the ones that I commune with. And you feel it. I do. It's not just proximal, field? not just because they're near me. It's because these certain trees have somehow sent me some message that we should hang out. And so I go sit with them. Yeah. And it feels great. Because if we can, because if we get in touch with that feeling, you start to learn your own biology in a way where you recognize when your brain disrupts that feeling. Mm. If we don't know the feeling, you don't even know your brain is running amok all the time and leaving you inflamed, you'll feel it because you're going to feel the symptoms. You'll feel your joints achy. You'll feel your head, you know, foggy, you know, your sleep's not so great. Your hormones are imbalanced. The cravings go through the roof in all sorts of different directions. And all that is, is because 
we've lost touch with how we want to feel and we don't know how to bring the feeling that we do want in. And so nature is such a beautiful way to reconnect yourself to what that feeling is so that you know that that's a place you can harness. Mm -hmm. But the only way to harness it is by working with your own mind through your nervous system. And you can begin to train your nervous system to hold that feeling as the dominant way of living. Hmm. So tell people how they can learn about your six steps. Yeah. Well, again, the six steps, um, there's not a lot to them um, other than learn them, put them into action. They don't take up a lot of time. Um, you can grab them off my website. It's clearimpact.io. There's a, um, a space right at the top to um, to download it and uh, go from there and happy to connect with anybody that hears this message and feels there's some value here. Um, if you need any support around implementing the six steps, you can, uh, you can definitely reach out through my website. That's a really great offer. And I hope people will, uh, if the mind says, I think I'm interested in this, let me, let me contact him or let me download. But then the next thought is, nah, I'm good. I don't really know. I don't want to bother him. You know, we all talk ourselves out of good things all the time. So um, don't let yourself get talked out if this resonates with you people. Um, Adam, this has been a great conversation. I feel I, I've never heard this way of thinking before. I've interviewed heart math people. I thought I knew a lot about using heart rate variability, but you've just put it in a different light, in a different context. And I appreciate that. It's really helpful. So thanks for being yeah, with me today. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate sharing some energy with you, Greg. People, I'll be back next week and everybody be well till then. Thanks again, Adam. Hey, everybody. I have a favor to ask. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you listen to, please leave a review on your favorite site for listening to podcasts. You can also leave a comment on my website where you'll find the podcast at the podcast tab or under any of the guest podcast episode pages. Thanks. It means a lot to me and I appreciate you. Be well till next time.